Thanks, Lonnie. Everybody? But we're leaving the shades on. Now, thanks, Lonnie. Thank, thank you. you. Now, gang, this is really cool. Then I'm going to get you up after this. Tomorrow is one of my favorite things to do. If you, you know, if, you, if you're kind of new and you've kind of heard about how this bunch rolls, is that we don't get strapped down with uh, cash in buildings and paying people. We just don't. We're going back as close to this thing as we can possibly get in Acts where it says that everybody, it actually says everybody was selling their stuff. Probably the closest we get to that is having a yard sale. <laughs> That's okay. But what we've decided as a group is that we're not going to get, we're not going to um, trap ourselves down with the cash. If you want to give, we honestly are telling you to go give to them direct. But if you don't want to, if your first step is to give into this bucket, we'll do it. But you've got to help us determine where it goes. You see, there are no committees. There are no subcommittees. There are no backroom meetings. And so every month, we open this thing up and say, there's stuff in there I would d literally dump it out. We're going to literally dump out over $3,000 tomorrow on the floor and say, God, who needs it? Lord, guide us in this. And what you are radically doing and showing a world is that almost now $50,000 are going globally and locally in His name and for His fame. Amen. Amen. Oh my gosh! Please get a little more stirred up about that. Because here, look, seriously, gang. Because we know statistically that 80% of the folks will not come into a place like this. And so, almost 100% of the funds, I, that's probably pretty safe. Almost 100% of the funds go to folks that don't walk through this door. Right? Are you, is that sinking in? <laughs> because it is radical. And I'm so stinking proud of you. Because see, what you're doing is you're teaching others how to be free in your giving. That you're living it out. And, and here's the one thing that I want everybody to hear. Because it, it's happened over the course of three years. And that there are some that won't come tomorrow because they don't hit the bucket. They don't put a, a, anything in it. Let me free you. When I go back and read 2 Corinthians 8, the very first thing that Paul is telling the Macedonians to give is themselves. I don't care about your cash. That's why we don't... That's why it ain't a big deal. What I do care about is your heart. And what I have to have is you. You see, it's the body that knows of the needs on the Mondays and the Tuesdays and the Wednesdays and the Thursdays and the Fridays that will never get brought into this room on a Saturday night or on a Sunday morning depending on the address. We're hiding. Not y'all. You're bringing folks out of hiding and you're meeting tangible needs in a radical way. I love y'all for that. So... 
Let's celebrate one another. Hey, I'd love to have the room full. Yaya, first timer having it at her place. Thank you. Yay! I know, but it's Yaya to me. I'm the only one that can call her Yaya and her niece. Sorry. We have them in homes on purpose because that's where life is lived. All right? I'm off my soapbox now. I'd love for a bunch of first-timers to be there. And the reason we want to do that, bring kids with you. Let them see what this looks like, gang. It's not, it, it, there's no secret. There's no secrets in this thing, man. Teach them right now how to do this. All right? All right, love y'all. Y'all get up and hug each other's neck, and we're going to get rolling. Pop, you pray for us? Pop's going to lift us up. Father, thank you for providing us another day that we can live. That we don't have to worry about the stuff that happened yesterday. And we don't have to worry about tomorrow. You just tell us to live one day at a time. Mm. So we do that, Father. Right now, we're living in the moment. We know your presence is here. We know that you are indwelling us, Lord. So we ask for your encouragement. We ask for your wisdom. We ask that you speak through Mike, your servant. That you would bring some message of encouragement to our hearts, Lord. Thank you that we've had this opportunity just to worship you in song because we just love you so much, Lord, and we just want to tell you right now that we just love you. Mm -hmm. We praise you and worship you, O Lord. Thank you for those that have come. If there are those that are here for the first time, Lord, we just ask that you place within their heart that this is a safe place. Again, Lord, we love you so much. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thanks, Pop. All right, uh, open up your screen or book to Hebrews. We'll be back in it. We've been, if you've been traveling with us any at all, um, we've been traveling through this letter of Hebrews. And man, what a great read, isn't it? And so in that setting, what we've been trying to do is place ourselves on the scene as literally listening to the letter as it's been read to us just 60 years after it was written after Christ's res, uh, resurrection. And so you're writing back into a, a people that are trying to maybe slip back into the have-tos. That the majority, you got to remember, the majority of the people uh, that are hearing this letter are, have said yes to Jesus. And they still haven't really quite had their heart healed from the fact that there could be separation. Because see, that's how their families lived all their lives before that. And they would go back to the temple year after year after year after year after year after year after year to receive forgiveness. And to receive this security in God for one more year. And so we're up here to chapter 9 and, and uh, the first part of this chapter, the first five verses are just talking about the temple. And how that was set up. And so if you were in that setting in that day, there's this big, what I call barns. And so there's these big barn. 
And you look at it and you go, wow, that is magnificent. That is beautiful. And, but if you are, uh, is there any, are there any Jewish descent people here? Okay, so we're all Gentiles, so we'd be on the outer court. You could get in the gate. You, yep, you come on in. Yep, but uh, that's as far as you can go. It'd be like if you were at school and you're in that courtyard out there and you can't get inside the hallways in here. That that would be the outer court. You, you can hang out there all you want, but that's where you got to stay. And so once a year, the priest would come in and as you were deemed closer to God, you could get inside the more rooms. So it'd be like if you're coming in Siegel, you're out there. and So if you were closer to God, deemed like the Jewish people, the religious leaders... You went into the inner court. Now, if you were a woman, it was a bad day for you. You stayed out completely. And only once a year did the high priest go into the Holy of Holies. It was one room, and it was where everything was set up. And he went in, and he gave, offered uh, 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 sacrifices for his sins first, and then for the sins of the people, and came out, and, and everybody was together. That's what this first part of this letter is talking about. So in verse 6, we'll start right there. It says, when these things, and they're the half-twos, were all in place, the priests entered the first room as they performed their religious duties, but only the high priest ever entered the most holy place, and only once a year. He always offered blood for his own sins and for the sins of the people had committed in ignorance. Now, the writers are saying, hey, you remember when? You remember when this used to happen? And so it serves as a reminder. And so here's the thing. Gang, if someone came up to you, remember our heart is to equip you. Our heart is to equip you that when people see your life living it so out loud for Jesus that they want to start asking you questions because they've deemed you safe. And so what if someone came up and asked you, said, hey, why was there the Old Testament? Why did this guy Moses even have to go up on the mountain and receive those tablets? Would you just immediately want to run as fast as you could? Or would you be able to say, man, I'm glad you asked. Well, let me give you a place where you can look because the answer's in the book. Flip over to your left just a little bit to Galatians real quick. It's in chapter 3. And we have the answer to that question. Verse 19. Why then was the law given? It was given alongside the promise to show people their sins. The promise they're talking about is the promise to Abraham. Remember, Abraham was on the scene 430 years before Moses, and it was credited to him as righteous, as being accepted by God because of what class? Faith. Say that. Amen. Way to go. Because of what? Faith. Faith and faith alone. So for 400 and some odd years... Abraham and the gang lived by faith and faith alone, and here comes the law. Okay? But the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised. That's talking about Jesus. God gave His law through angels to Moses, who was the mediator. That means that one that goes in and reconciles peace between God and the people. Verse 20. Now, a mediator is helpful if more than one party must reach an agreement. But God, who is one, did not use a mediator when He gave His promise to Abraham. And we just reminded ourselves that that was 430 years before the half-twos came on the scene. 
Wonder how people recognized Abraham and his bunch as being followers of God before the tablets. We don't have time to discuss that. No. Not right now. Back in our text in Hebrews chapter 9. So it's by the regulations that we have talked about, the have-tos, that the Holy Spirit revealed that the entrance to the most holy place, remember we just talked about, that was one that went in once a year, was not freely open as long as the tabernacle and the system it represented were still in use. This is an illustration pointing to the present time. Listen to this gang. Buckle up. For the gifts and sacrifices that the priests offer are not able to cleanse the consciences of the people who bring them. Verse 10. For that old system deals only with food, drink, various cleaning ceremonies, physical regulations that were in effect until only a better system could be established. Class, what's the better system? Amen. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. Now, stop just for a second. How many of us ever deal with a bad conscience? Okay. Or a, a, uh, we'll say unclean conscience, because this is the theme here. We're talking about clean consciences. So it says that the gifts and sacrifices that the priests offer are not able to cleanse the consciences. I want you to kind of hold this thought in your mind as we keep traveling through this. What are your sacrifices that you're trying to offer in order to cleanse your conscience with God? What's the source of the unclean conscience? I want you to hang on to that because i got great news coming. we got Mr. Clean coming. <laughs> Mr. Clean is on the scene. He's the better system. So hang that thought with you as we toy through the rest of this, okay? Because here's the thing. Look back just for a second. We've already up to chapter 8, especially in chapter 8, verse 12, where God says, I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. So here's the thing. I'm going to pull this back in just a second. We're going to keep driving this home is that if I have a bad conscience, what's the source of it? Who is the source of it? Who am I allowing to keep my conscience unclean? It's most of the time us. Alright, so hang on. (laughs) Super news. (laughs) He's not going to stay. Back in our our text. Chapter 9. Verse 12. It won't stay. That's okay. Put it down. It's becoming a distraction. <laughs> Listen. Verse nine, or chapter 9, verse 12. With His own blood, this is Christ, not the blood of goats and calves, He entered the most holy place how many times? Once. How many more times is He going to do it? None. Hmm. Listen to what redemption means, gang. Once for all time and secured our redemption. It means that He's ransomed you. If you were kidnapped and someone called in and said, hey, I'll give you Kelly back for $458,000, Christ would say it's already been paid, man. That bill's already been paid. 
means you've been bought back. means that you've been delivered from it. What's the source of the unclean conscience? Are you trying to ransom and buy back yourself? It said that Christ will purify, which means to be free from guilt. He will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God for the, by the power of the eternal Spirit. And so there's that word again, conscience, is that is my conscience today, right now, at 653, clean? Yes. For some of us, yes. And so here's the thing with the body, gang. We were kind of discussing this a little bit with Rich just a little while ago. Is that we're so fearful in the body to even in a setting as safe as this to come into a place and at some point when you're in a bad spot to say, Today I'm in a bad spot. I know yesterday I thought my conscience was real clean and it really was, but today, man, I'm feeling so filthy, I can't stand myself. Please say I'm not the only one that gets there. Thank you for a me too. Thank you for a hand raising up. And so the thing is, is to go in that, why am I sitting silent? How do I let Mr. Clean come and get that cleaned back up? Because I'm seeing that in my silence, it sure ain't helping. Right? Hang on, it keeps getting better. So in verse 15, That is why He is the one who mediates. He's talking about Jesus. That's why Jesus is the one that makes the, the agreement, makes the peace, mediates a new covenant between God and people. So that all who are called, and that also means to utter out, to invite, can receive the eternal inheritance God has promised them. Someone take their cell phone out just for a second. And I want you to dial my number. Who's, you got yours out? Alright, dial my number. Wes. <laughs> wow, high tech. Dang. Siri's wow. going, no I thanks. I too, but I'm trying to show off. <laughs> Alright, look. Hey, what are the colors up here? I'm receiving a call. Red and green. Someone's calling me. You see the red and green? I have a choice to make. How many of us going down the road go, uh-oh. <laughs> That's Deb. Crap, I better decline that one. And I don't answer it. It's a choice. Here's another one. What happens whenever you're at home and you see some of the folks that are carrying those big lanyards that look like that and you go, oh gosh, they're selling magazines. Or someone parks their bicycle out in your front yard and they've got a white start shirt on, they've got pants on, and they've got the backpack on. And do you hide? Yeah, and someone... A lot, a lot of people go, yes, I'm just not willing for that battle today. I'm not in. And so the thing is, is that when somebody knocks on your door, you have a choice. Will I answer it? Or will I ignore it? Will I hit the decline button? Listen to this in Revelation. You don't have to go there. It says, look, in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, this is Jesus saying, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. 
Have you answered His call? And the answer to that, gang, is most of you have. But at the point of when I start feeling dirty, I start declining it. Lord, you're just tired of hearing about that. You just start hearing, you just kind of toss him to the side and you say, Father, I, Lord is screaming, he's, he's, he's screening my calls. <laughs> we think Jesus is up there, he's screening my calls. He's not taking it. It's going to voicemail. It's not, it, it says he doesn't remember. I, I won't remember your wickedness anymore. He said once for all time. And so I keep asking for this forgiveness and he's going, man, for Pete's sakes, the tomb's empty. I have provided forgiveness for you. Accept it. Accept this gift. Verse 25, we're going to skip down. And it just hammers it home. And he says, look, and Jesus did not enter heaven to offer himself again and again, like the high priest here on earth who enters the most holy place Year after year after year. Verse 26, If that had been necessary, Christ would have to die again and again ever since the world began. But here's the beautiful words again. But now, how many times? Once. He has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by His own death as a sacrifice. And just as each person is destined to die once and after that comes judgment, so also Christ died how many times? Once as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. Yes, He will come again. It's some of the best words in the book. He will come again, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for Him. How many of us ever thought that at the end of your life that you're going to be standing in front of God and He's going to start running through your Rolodex of stuff? Anybody? What did we just read? You're either in Christ or you're not. He's going to sit there and look and go, Oh, my son. My beautiful son. Welcome home. Man is rough down there, wasn't it? That's okay. You little bald head. I'm going to get you some hair. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to look really good. The chocolate chip buffets over there. Go ahead. That's heaven. And it's going to have fountains and nanner pudding. Yep. No. So here's the thing. If God, our Creator, is not bringing it up, then why am I? Here's the other thing, gang. With the people that we're living with. The people that I'm telling you, at times my grace runs out. Let's just get real blood honest with that. And the thing is, is that I have to be so blood honest in it and to say, dude, I'm tired. I've reached my limit with you. I'm out. But I keep reading a book where it says that God is everlasting and that the body then connects in order for someone to come in and tap Biv out. Say, Bivo, I got you for, for a little bit. You can tap back in. But right now, you rest. But you see, the thing is, is that most of us aren't able to do that because we sit in silence. And you're teaching people how not to be silent anymore. Listen to what this says. Before, hang on. One more. (laughs) It's too good to pass up. 
I believe we treat our hearts a lot of time as the holy of holies. And here's what I mean. Picture the, the setting that we painted earlier. And, you, and you're in the outer court. And so picture your friendships. I want you to, I want you to bring these in. And I long for the day that it's just friends. I, I long for the day, and I remember doing this even myself, that I drew a circle around people that I labeled. I labeled friends. Here's my church friends. Here's my work friends. And, and here's my community friends. I don't have a better word for it. And I went, how come they're just not friends? Why am I labeling them? Because what it was for me is that I, I would, could potentially be different with those friends at church, or I could be different with those friends at work, or I could be different with those friends in the community. And I'm saying, I'm getting rid of all those labels. They're just friends. It's just folks that can put up with my little bald head. And God bless them for being able to do so. And it's just folks that I'm able to hang out with. And so I think the thing is, is that on the outer court, we have all these surface relationships. And this is what happens, I believe, in a lot of times with bodies of worship. Is that we have these, we go, hey, hey, how's it going? Super, all right, good to see you. And we never see them again. That's the outer court. And then we have that group of friends that could potentially be in the inner court. It's a group of friends that may know you a little bit better, and, and you probably know them real well. But you haven't quite let them in on all you are. And what all you're potentially struggling with and celebrating with. You kind of got them at a little bit of a distance. You'll tell just enough to let them think, wow, Bibbo's really being transparent. You don't have a clue whether or not I'm being transparent or not. I don't have a truth of meter on me, and you don't have one on you. And so we have to rely upon this Holy Spirit within us to discern our connection. And then I think for some of us, if you'll allow, that the only time that you'll allow someone into your heart, the Holy of Holies, is maybe once a year. And I don't even know who that is that you let in there. But I think a lot of times is that we're guarding it from God. Is that for some reason we think that He hasn't forgotten for some reason, we think that He is going to bring up our wickedness. For some reason, we just think that, Lord, Your crucifixion, You being crucified just didn't quite get all of it. Didn't quite get all mine. And so, the other thing is that I can possibly transfer it because we've even made fun of it a little bit in our little southern draw is that if someone starts to act really radically crazy, we go, Lord, have mercy at boy named Jesus. <laughs> Did you see that? What in the world? Or we'll say, bless his heart. And then something real negative is coming after that. Hey, bless his heart, that Bibbo's an idiot. <laughs> and there's a lot of truth to that. But this cat, Mr. Clean Jesus, doesn't think so. He thinks I'm pretty cool. And when I started digesting that completely... My life started to change. And guess what? There are days that, that I struggle with that. Because I'll transfer my thoughts onto God. And God says, look, Bilbo, you got enough to mess with down there. i got this covered. So in closing, here's the thing. If He doesn't remember it anymore, and if the sacrifice has been once for all time, and His coming back is not to deal with sin, but to complete His salvation... What's keeping us 
from living this life and teaching others how to live it radically wide open and honest and transparent. What are you hiding? Some of us raised our hand about a dirty conscience coming in here. Who have you allowed into your Holy of Holies to help you get it cleansed? Helps, doesn't it? The power of it starts to stop when you speak it out. And that's not just Bibbo. It's in the book. It's in James. It's in chapter 5. And it says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. i got to remind you that that word confess means to agree means to agree with. You're not asking for something that you've already been given. You have been forgiven when you said yes to Jesus. That is signed, sealed, and delivered. Just like Deb beautifully read a while ago, there's nothing that can separate you from that. Not even you. Not even you. So here's what I want you to trust. If you've come in here tonight and you've got something dirty and you're really not quite sure how to let Jesus, the ultimate Mr. Clean, (laughs) clean you, we'll help you. But we cannot help what we do not know. Last verse. This is 1 John. This is what I want you to trust. It says, all who confess, and that word again means to declare that I'm agreeing, that I'm announcing, that I'm not going to refuse. So all who declare, all who agree, all who announce, all who don't refuse that Jesus is the Son of God, have God living in them. And they live in God. (laughs) That's worth clapping for, Henry. Absolutely, dude. So is that you? Father, I pray that it is. We're going to celebrate the uh, communion here, Lord. And what that means is that we do agree and that we are declaring and announcing to a world that You are coming back. And that, Father, in that same announcement that in Your coming back, that You see us squeaky clean. That through Your death and through that Uh, Your resurrection, Father, that You have satisfied everything that has to be done. And so we get to live this life wide open, Lord, and to share with others. And Lord, we're doing that in our homes, and we're doing that at work, and we're doing it in the community. And so I'm just thankful for a people here that get it, and how they're teaching others to do so. I do pray that if someone has come in here tonight, with a dirty conscience, one that's just not clean, one that they're just really not sure how to take that next step, that they wouldn't leave this place without putting it in its proper place, and that's at the cross. We'll help them do that. So Lord, we love You, and we thank You for loving us through the, through the empty tomb of Jesus Christ. And it's in His name that we pray. Amen.